Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways. Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to a jam-packed and jelly-tight edition of Horsepower Happenings. That's my new favorite catchphrase. I heard another announcer use it, and I like it a lot. Uh, so I'm going to work it in. Let's get into it. There's no time for chit-chat, Rich. Shut up. we got a show to do. In a Motor City Minute is the first thing we got to look at. NASCAR, Cole Busher. How about Cole Busher? Uh, it was a weekend for underdogs in the NASCAR rankings, wasn't it? Cole Busher gets the win at Richmond. Carson Hosevar by that is it that much <laughs> for win number three in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And how about Sam Mayer uh, picking up the big win at Road America in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Other things happening. Uh, we don't really have a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of time to talk about it. So uh, we're going to just call that the Motor City Minute, Rich, because we have a jam-packed program for you tonight. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France from across the way. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening. i got to pose a question to you. Is Carson Hosevar an underdog anymore after three wins this year? Here's what I'm going to uh, So the first win that he got, was a some people would call it a fluke because the leaders wrecked and he happened to be in the right place at the right time second win i think and i said this on the show now a little bit more validating third win okay now people are going to start expecting it from you and so i think you're right i think that we we now quit looking for carson hosevar to be oh is he in the top 10 okay cool that's a good run we expect him to be in the top 10 to top five, and anything less than that is a big disappointment. Yeah, but one one other thing this weekend, Zach, a gentleman found victory lane that is expected to be there and has been there all summer long, all season long. Ricky Thornton Jr. roared past Bobby Pierce with 12 laps remaining on Saturday night in the Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury uh, to pick up another huge win. RTJ's payday, Jack, Zach, $62,000. Uh, it also marked the official end of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Ashton Winger would take home the Hell Tour UMP Late Model Points Championship with Tyler Nicely capturing the Summit Racing Equipment Modified title. Um, by the way, $62,000, according to the tax man, more than I see in a year. So, good job to uh, RTJ. <laughs> yeah, 
That's he's he is doing real good this year. Yeah. He, I don't think he's uh, hurting for any change. Hey, let's talk about this uh, big breaking news. Hours before we go to the uh, recording studio for our program, the postponed Bob Finley Memorial. We saw this last week. It was supposed to happen on Wednesday. Mother Nature intervened and said, "No, uh, you aren't going to do it today." So it got postponed, but no details were announced on the postponement. Rich, those details come out today, and let me give you the highlights. Saturday, September 23rd, Bob Finley Memorial. It'll pay $867 to start this race, Rich. It'll pay $2,567 to finish fifth. It'll pay $6,067 to finish third. Now you're thinking to yourself, self, wait a minute. That was the winner's total last week. What happened? Well, now second place pays, yes, second place pays $10,067 to run first loser. First place? I take it. $20,067. Let me, I, I just can't even fathom it to spit it out correctly. Um, it's now part of the Owasso Nationals, still part of the Reveal the Hammer Outlaw late models. It's the quad crown finale, the season finale for the Reveal the Hammer Outlaws, and now pays $20,067 to win, Rich. Bob Finley Memorial just got even bigger than it already was. Yeah, um, I got a text from you. I got a text from you, and it's like, guess what we're going to be on September 23rd. <laughs> I got I got 20,000 reasons for you to clear your schedule yeah. on the 23rd. <laughs> and I, I did it awfully quickly, so there, there wasn't a problem with that. Uh, and, uh, Rich, we're going to talk to David McManus uh, about this coming up a little later on. He's one of our featured guests. But this becomes part of the Owasso Nationals, which I think was already going to be bigger than ever because back in the old regime, Owasso Nationals was the big race. That's when they would fill the place and, and it would they would blow it out. This just took this thing to a whole new level. If I'm Rex Wheeler, I'm bringing in temporary seating or something because uh, this this is off the charts now. Yeah, you may need you may need a pit pass if you want to get into that property uh, for that weekend. But I mean, you got to give props to, to to Rex Wheeler, Jeff Parrish, uh, for stepping up because you know Jeff did, Jeff Finley did not want to have to wait till next year to redo this. I know that it was a tough tough uh, a lot of work trying to find a date. It's a busy time of year with championships going on at the end of the year uh, and, and everybody big events. The Outlaws got a little busier schedule coming up, so uh, but it's great, man. They found that schedule, and we don't have to wait till next year to see that race. Yeah, uh, that, That's going to be a special event. And by the way, let me say they did the right thing last week. You'll remember um, there actually ended up being some tornado warnings on Wednesday in and around Mason, um, so they did the right thing to pull that to pull the plug on that uh real quick rex wheeler in a announcement that was put out today says quote we are extremely happy to be able to offer a venue to the finleys after they had exhausted options at corrigan oil speedway Owasso speedway will honor the awards that corrigan had re uh, readied and will honor their lap money pledged by fans devoted to memorializing bob the release goes on to say quote we are able to partner with the finleys and bring the event to honor bob to our championship race night at the Owasso nationals uh we uh, with an already very attractive perks and sponsorship and pledges from the businesses, we are able to raise the win and all down through the field to make this the highest-paying outlaw race to ever occur at Owasso Speedway. So it's a historic race 
in and of itself, Rich. And we're going to be there Saturday, September 23rd. Uh, we'll be uh, providing some social media coverage and maybe even some other stuff, too. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But uh, be there Saturday, September 23rd, Owasso Nationals, Bob Finley Memorial. It's going to be the place to be. Yep, looking forward to it, Zach. Um, on another note, on the pavement, uh, Buddy Gray, the younger namesake of behind the management team of the Midwest Modifies Tour, found victory lane Saturday night at Anderson Speedway for his first win of the 2023 season. Uh, the Petoskey, Michigan native, paced the field for the entirety of the 50-lap contest, besting Randy Smith and Brian Nestor, Danny Jackson, and Matt Dimmitt would complete the top five down at Anderson. Did you see any of that race? No, I saw a little bit of the highlights, and boy, Buddy just looked really good. I'm going to tell he you something. Really, really good. Those template cars down there look wild on that racetrack, but guess what? They can get into each other because they have fenders. Oh, man. Modifieds at that place is scary. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, that, that, yeah, I saw some highlights, too, and that, that, that looked like a lot of fun. Uh, so we're going to go from Bob Finley Memorial to how about the Dan Soleil? memorial rich this weekend you'll have the duties uh for social media coverage the official social media provider of the 35th annual ed van dunen wood tick and sixth annual dan soleil memorial is this weekend thursday through saturday at Merritt speedway the place to be for thirty-five thousand dollars to win if you only lead the last lap and actually it becomes thirty-five thousand fifty dollars to win if you lead the last lap thanks to lap money uh as part of that rich this is a huge event you've covered the last uh, couple of years for leah and her family um talk about i mean you you're kind of doing the homework on this thing get us ready for this race and what you're kind of expecting to see yeah i i this year i think it's going to grow more off of off of what it was last year um you know Mike Mike Blackmore said, "What we're going to do is we're going to raise it a thousand dollars for every year that we have this thing." And I think when we started going to it, Zach, I think it was thirty thousand or thirty-two thousand. And this is the thirty-fifth annual, and and it's going to be thirty-five grand to win. A lot of opportunity to make money. The I think the coolest thing that they have going is on Thursday, which they've had the last couple of years, last year and this year, the Thoroughby Throwdown Invitational. That's for guys that haven't won a race, and if you win that feature. This week, it it's two thousand dollars to win, and you get an automatic starting spot in the sixth annual Dance Lady Memorial and the Wood Tick. That's unbelievable. Let me tell you what that means, Rich. Two thousand dollars to win the race that guarantees you a three thousand dollar weekend because in one race. Yeah, before you take the green on Saturday because yep. it's a it's a three it's a thousand dollars to start the race. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> it, it's a pretty cool deal, isn't it? Oh man, and and. and and I think we'll find out more. We're going to talk to Leah here in a second. But um, there's so much going on. It's more than just a race. You don't just show up there at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock and, and, and watch the races. I think the races start at 6.30 every day. Gates open at 4. But, um, no, there's there's a lot to do with the kids. Uh, I think they – I mean, they had camping assigned. I don't know if that's sold out or not. But, it, I mean, it, it's a three-day weekend. It's fun. There, there's something to do there for everybody. And uh, you can really, you know, you can go on Dan Slay Memorial uh, has a Facebook page. You can go on there and get all of the information. Uh, also on Merritt Speedway's Facebook page or MerrittSpeedway.com. You can get all the, inf there's so many different places to get all the information that's going on. And on, tr on track, they're going to start on Wednesday with a practice session. And then they get serious and start paying money on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And by the way, if you're like, eh, late models aren't really my bag. I like stock cars or I like modifieds. Uh, Rich? 
That's fine. <laughs> they got yeah, we have those too. Yeah, <laughs> we, right. We have those. We have front wheel drive. We have a bunch of them. So they're they're I, like I said, um, whether you have kids, there's something for them to do. They're going to have a whole lot of stuff in the afternoon. Uh, I think on Saturday for the kids to do all afternoon. If you want to get there early, make a day of it. Uh, we'll get all the specifics from Leah, but it's pretty cool, Zach. I'm looking forward to it again. Um, I plan on having a good time. Should be a good one Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and don't forget bookmark, save, do whatever you got to do. Favorite horsepower happenings now uh, because horsepower happenings will be the official uh, social media provider for the Dan Soleil Memorial. Well, Zach, uh, we talked. We, we had a little discussion about what's going on this weekend, and now we're going to talk to uh, the lady in charge, I guess, that, that's handling most of this. And, and we're lucky we got her on the phone because usually about this time of the week, she's driving herself crazy, uh, makes her home in Traverse City, Michigan. Leah Thurlby, the first time we get to call you that on the show. Good job. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, since we last had you on the show, you, you guys went and got hitched finally. How about that? We, we did. We did. Surprise to us and everyone else, too. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding about that, are you? Oh, man, we didn't think it was. I'm not. Well, you're going to be, uh, you know, Brandon's girl, Leah Soleil, for the rest of forever. But uh, just really quick, I want you to talk about that because you had a lot of racing family that came to that and um, just how awesome that day was for you. It was really awesome. We we went and did it in Vegas and um, had a couple of our best friends with us and didn't even know we were going to do it when we left and got there. And actually, Travis Stemler is the reason it happened. Oh, he really? He said, why don't you guys get married? So we were like, all right, let's get married. So That's he awesome. walked me down the aisle and it was it was great. And then we went and celebrated a big, big celebration here. It's about 300 people, a bunch of racing friends, of course. So it was wonderful. I'm glad that it happened. Well, now that now that we got you all hitched and, and off the market now, now we can get into what you got going this week. <laughs> here, here, here we go again, Leah. Three days, uh, probably the biggest three days or week or the last two months of of your season. Uh, the sixth annual Dan Slay Memorial and Zach and I are, you know, kind of proud. We, we've been involved with a lot of these, if not all of them. And I've, and I've been able to, you know, hang with you guys the last two years and I'll be there again for the whole weekend this week. Um, I guess I got to ask you, how you doing with it? I am actually doing really well. I feel very put together this year for some reason. I don't know why, but, um, I've gotten way more sponsorship than I ever have, way more um, support than I ever have. So I am doing really well, luckily, to my husband, who has been, of course, my rock behind all of this. He supports me more than anyone, and he deals with all of my struggles and whining and crying. And <laughs> So he's, he's great, and everything has just been really really easy and i don't want to say easy it hasn't been easy but it's been going pretty smooth so let's kick things off on wednesday night they're going to have a, a open practice session kind of that's the night before everything gets rolling and then just like they did last year i think for the first time the thoroughby throwdown late model invitational kind of, i know that one yet yeah, invitation went out invitations went out and I, is it the same format as last year if you haven't won a race at merit then you get an you can get an invitation if you're going we pretty much did it if you haven't won a feature any track just because we had some guys that were from out of state that you know had one but they wanted to be in the feature so we had to kind of narrow it down to that this year 
Um, so it's if you haven't won a feature at any racetrack within the last year, you were we tried to go through all of race paths and look to see um, through the last year, this year, last year to see. Um, we had a list of about 75 that we invited, and I think we've gotten about 30 back so far. But last year we had random people just show up that wanted to race, and we didn't we didn't tell them no, of course. So um, last year we had about forty late models, so we're hoping to have about that again. You know, in in just the Thoroughby Throwdown. Yes. Yeah. Oh my lord! Wow! Wow! Yeah. And then so from that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a, is there a direct transfer into the big show uh, because of that race? There is. If you win that, you win the $2,000 for that night, and you also have a guaranteed spot in Saturday's show. You still have to run the the Friday format, but if for some reason you don't make it in uh, through the Friday format, or do you can you sit out the Friday format? So Friday is a whole new show this year we're doing. Oh, um, okay. So you don't have to run Friday if you don't want to but we would assume that people would want to try to, because it's a whole new show paying all new money to win and everything. Okay. All right. Well, now, and, and so this show, by the way, so this Thoroughby throw, oh my goodness, Thoroughby Throwdown on Thursday is really attracting, not, I want to say as much attention as, as the Wood Tick and the Dan Slay Memorial, but Chase Berta, who I see uh, quite often with the Jag Sierra All-Stars Tour, just picked up his first uh, Jag CRA All-Stars Tour template late model win earlier this year at Bertrand Speedway. Every time I see him, he asks me if I'm going to Woodtick, and every time I tell him no, he goes, you know I'm going to be in that invitational <laughs> race on Thursday. I might get my first dirt late model win as well. I said, I know, but I can't make it. So people are excited even about this race, Thurlby, or, or uh, Leah, because it's an opportunity to knock that first win out of the way for people. And the opportunity to make it into the big dance right out of that show is just, it's, it's, it really does carry a lot of weight. It does. We're, we're very excited. That was Brandon's idea last year. He came up with this and of course there will be automotive sponsors, most of it. And, um, he, it was his idea. He loves helping the guy that, you know, that might not have enough money to do it or is kind of the low budget team or the guy that just, hardly makes a race you know he just he really likes to help those kinds of people and I'm really glad that he came up with this because last year it was a huge success we did not expect that many people to show up and that many cars and it was crazy so we are excited and we hope that this year it turns out to be just just the same or even better hopefully so let's talk about this and we've done this in years past but for anybody new who's listening uh, rich mentioned that for quite some time we've been able to be a part of the dancing memorial in quite in some way and i was thinking i think that i was a part of the very first one in some way that was held at i-96 speedway i can't remember if i was an announcer there or or what i was but i do remember you guys doing uh, a ceremony that started there and then you know throughout the last couple of years you've found a great partnership and a great home with Mike and, and Merritt and then somehow or another the Dan Soleil went from trying to be a standalone event to pairing up with the Wood Tick and it has been really a match that has just worked so well um, kind of talk about getting with Mike and adding to Right, because both events were good on their own. The Dan Slay Memorial was good on its own with the lap money and everything. The Wood Tick was a good standalone event on its own because it's the Wood Tick. But talk about kind of merging the two together, bridging those gaps, and, and really just making a blowout event at Merritt. 
So it was uh, the year after we had it. At, well, it was probably the year we had it at 96. Mike just thought that that shouldn't have happened. And why wouldn't we have it at Merritt? We're so close to Merritt. It's pretty much, you know, it's, it's our home track, even though we race a lot of other places. But we would probably consider that our home track. It's the closest out of everywhere we go. Sure. And he came to me and just said, you know, we have the wood tick. It's the pretty much the biggest race in Michigan. And what do you think about doing it at that race? And I kind of was like, well, you know, it takes away from the wood tick and it takes away from the Dan Soleil Memorial. So I was kind of iffy at first about it, but I am so glad that we ended up doing it. Mike has, you know, exceeded every expectation that we have. Anything that I need or want or want to do, any crazy idea I have, he is full on with it. He is, he's very supportive about everything that I decide to do. Um, he, it's just been it's just been great with him and I will continue to go there as long as things keep going the way they have been. This race is just, I can't even believe how big it has gotten. I don't want to say that the wood tick wasn't big before, but it was, it was, but now that we've added this as a combination, it's like, it's the biggest race in Michigan. It will be the biggest race in Michigan. It's just crazy to me that my dad's name is all over this and I am so excited and so happy that it did happen and things are the way they are going now. So after Thursday night, we figure out who's, who has the first guaranteed spot. Uh, then we move to Friday, and I believe that one's a regular feature. I don't know the laps if they've been announced, but I hear that's $5,000 to win on Friday night, correct? Yes, yep, 5000 to win, sponsored by FK Rodden that night. Um they have stepped up. They've always sponsored, but they have stepped up and stepped up in a big way this year. So um, we are very excited to keep them on and very excited to do the, the separate shows for late models. It just seems like, you know, you get there, you're there on Wednesday if you practice, and then you you don't get to race Thursday because, it's, well, most of the guys don't get to race Thursday. And then Friday you're just qualifying and just heat races or he used to do those odd evens, but we have scratched those for the late models and the mods. So, um, <laughs> so many people are thankful just... for that. I, I, I listen. <laughs> if the format was fun, it ended up being fine when it was all said and done. But the amount of people that scratched their heads on Friday, wondering what the hell was happening. <laughs> I know, I know. And actually, we've scratched them for all the classes, just because it's a lot of racing. And uh, I mean, last year we raced until two in the morning, and, you know, the wood tick, the wood tick is known for people to want to, you know, have a little bit of a fun. So yeah, it was cutting into, um, when you, you can say it, Leah, in the morning, you can say it, the racing was cutting into the drinking time. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So, um, we've kind of agreed to get rid of those odd evens and do heat races on Friday for all the classes, full show for late models, full show for mods heat races for all the other classes and then we're also doing a dash for cash for all the other classes so they get to race twice um they get paid every time they're on the racetrack so we wanted to make it fair for them but we just didn't think that the odd evens i mean didn't seem like anybody liked to do that you didn't really get paid that much it was kind of a lot of wear and tear on your race car and it also tore up the track more so when you're there that many days in a row you got to make sure you save that racetrack for saturday for the big races so i'm glad we decided on that and then once the racing's over on Friday, uh, fans can come back at the pits because there is going to be a pit, pit party at Brandon's trailer. So all the fans can come back and meet Brandon and uh, and enjoy themselves and listen to some music for a little while. 
Yes, yes. We got a DJ for that night, and it'll be right on our lift gate. We're going to raise him up a little bit, and he's going to be up there playing music for everybody. <laughs> um, we are I selling so beer. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. We are selling beer. We're selling jello shots, and everything gets um, all the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. Um, there's also, I mean, last year getting done at two in the morning, we had it was the biggest crowd I've ever seen at a party at Merritt. So. Um, we're expecting it to be bigger this year, and hopefully the races get done before 2 in the morning. But pretty much every race car driver that drinks or wants to come and have a drink will be there. So if any fan has any driver that they want to meet, I'm sure they will be able to. Now, a lot of this information is available on social media. Um, you've set up a, a Dance Lay Memorial Facebook page that's dedicated to where fans can go and look at this. But we talk a lot about what is available for the race car driver and what the drivers are, are racing for, rightfully so, because it is a lot of money. But you also, in addition to this pit party, talk about some of the other ways that the fans can get involved, um, you know, between silent auctions and, uh, you know, merchandise and other activities that will be happening throughout the weekend that um, you guys do a really good job, I think, in finding alternative ways for the fans to be involved in this show rather than just buying a ticket and going to watch a race. Yes, yes. So um, Friday, we also are taking the Kyle Busch car, and we are putting it on the concourse so all the fans can take pictures with it or take pictures of it or look at it, whatever they want to do. Um, that's Friday, all day pretty much, and then the pit parties Friday night. We're also doing an autograph session with Brandon, a little meet and greet with him. Um, he's pretty popular there, so we always have a really, really good success rate with that. And we have a lot of fans that come out for that. Even though most of them have met him, it's still, it's nice for him to be able to interact with the fans. Some of the other drivers also do that. They'll have their merch up there and they'll come up there and do a, a little autograph session or meet and greet with the fans as well on Friday. And then Saturday, we start off with Kids Day at noon. Um, this year, we're doing a little bit different um, just because it's a lot of work to do a carnival for the kids. Um, so this year, we decided to get a bunch of bounce houses and we're also doing a oh. petting zoo for the kids um we also have so many bikes to give away my goal is 100 and i think i think i may almost be there so if you have a kid bring them noon to two on saturday it's going to be a great time we have goodie bags we've filled with a bunch of stuff for the kids um they get Mike also gives them a slushie and popcorn and cotton candy and a hot dog so they get to eat and drink. And, <laughs> Wire them up and um, then make them sit in the grandstands all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Uh, no, it's, it's <laughs> good, then, though, because Merritt has the playground. So actually, parents, wind them up, kick them out to the playground, and then you can enjoy the races. There we go. Yes, yes, it's perfect, perfect for everyone. Um, and then Saturday also, right after the kids' day ends at 2, we are starting the dunk tank at 2. This year we have um, Dona, um, Travis Stemler, Brandon, and we have Greg Goki in it. So um, awesome. that seems to be a great turnout. The, the fans seem to love doing that. They watch their kids try to dunk all these drivers, and people are laughing, and it's a really great time. Um, that also is money that is raised for the American Cancer Society, so anyone gets the chance stop out to the grandstands at two on Saturday um, and then we also do a autograph session a late model autograph session it is mandatory for the late model guys to come to this um, we set them at a table with chairs and 
make a, a line and all of the fans can come and get an autograph from all the late model drivers. It's, that's also a very, very huge thing at Merritt that we started. Um, it seems like all the fans love that. They, they don't get to see their car, but they kind of get to know the face a little bit more. You know, all the drivers have pictures of their cars, so they're kind of like, oh, this is what this driver looks like, or they get to meet them. So it's actually really nice for the fans as well. Um, and then I think that is, oh, we do the style auction. Um, that is also a huge hit. I'm, I'm glad that we started doing that. Um, we have a lot of drivers that donate shirts or doors or, um, I mean, that people will bring liquor baskets that people can fit on. I mean, there's just so many things that people bring. Um, and very, very thankful for all the drivers, all the fans, whoever donates to that. Um, it seems like that keeps getting bigger and bigger. I think last year we raised about $5,000 from that. So um, it turns out to be good. It's fun to see all the people bidding on it and to see all the wars. You'll see people towards the end standing there hawking their little <laughs> whatever they want. And I mean, there's it's crazy some of the things that go. Um, but yeah, that's that's also great. We're doing 50-50 where um, this year as well, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, um, we walk through the stands and sell those and all that money. Half of it goes to the fan. Half of it goes to the American Cancer Society. That's also huge because Merritt doesn't ever do 50-50. So um, people love that stuff there. They like like gambling their money away. <laughs> and and now even though even though Zach said he could make it make it, and and I'm sure people were saying, oh, Rich is going to be there. What's he going to go watch? No. So we haven't announced this yet, but Horsepower Happenings is going to be the official social media provider for the Dan Soleil Memorial again this year. And so for fans that can't make it, we got a lot of, we, we keep them up to date. We do videos, interviews with drivers and, um, and Leah, we thank you for trusting us because it's, it's really popular for the people that they can't get to merit. It is. It is. I'm so glad that I have you guys there. It is, um, a savior to me because I am, I don't have time to get on Facebook and post updates and, you know, we have so many fans and I have so much family and family friends that don't get to make it up here that want to know how it's going or how Brandon's doing, you know, so it's hard for me to do that. So very lucky to have you guys. And, um, it seems to be very popular to do the driver interviews and, um, uh, fans love that stuff. They like seeing, they like hearing what the drivers have to say. So anything to keep the fans involved, you know, they are the ones that come and spend their money and make this race as big as it is. So we're very thankful for them and we're very thankful for you guys for participating in this as well. Leah, it's our pleasure to echo what Rich uh, has said. We are, uh, this show tonight is jam-packed, so we're running out of time. But last, one of the last couple of things I wanted to ask about is, um, do you know or do you, do you have it charted out yet? And I don't want to be the one to make you pull your hair out. Um, so we know what the big number is to win the main event on Saturday. Do we know what the potential number is? I mean, after it's all said and done, how much money, if somebody had, a let's say, a perfect weekend? I mean, how much money are you guys giving away this weekend in the late models? So um, on top of the, the winner's purses and stuff, um, it is 1000 to start the race on Saturday. Wow. So we have $1, done $1,000 to huge start. <laughs> let me just let me just to start. emphasize <laughs> that. That is, that is almost winners pay for some weekly late model shows around the state of Michigan. Leah, you know yeah. this you know this as well as anybody, but for anybody who maybe doesn't know that, right? $1500 is is I mean you you would you would be okay to ex accepting that as a winner's check at some racetracks in the state of Michigan for late models. Just to point that out. So that's amazing. Yes. 
yes. So um, on top of that, I have raised about four, a little over 40000 just in extra money that goes to um, all of the classes we have done stuff in, but mostly the late models just because that's, what, that's where my heart is with this. Um, and it seems like the late model guys are very thankful and very appreciative of this. So I just kind of stick with that. But, um, so I have done that and then we have lap money. So late models are $50 a lap for 75 laps on top of your $35,000 to win the race. Um, it, it's just, there's so much money pretty much every time you're on the racetrack, you have a chance at winning some sort of money. So it's kind of fun. Um, the, the mods this year, I did a little bit more. There's one thing that I do want to mention is um, this was actually Colin's idea that they don't get to qualify for IMCA. So um, we're doing uh, fast time for hot laps. We're paying for that. So it's oh. kind of cool and kind of different. There's just different things like that that we're paying for. I am also doing that for the late model. So it's it's cool that one of the, one of the um, those are one some of the things, but um, there's different things that people, I had uh, uh, some friends of Brandon's that he went to school with, they have a, a beat Spangler award. So they paid money for <laughs> whoever beat Spangler the first position too. So it, it's just fun me? things like that. that, <laughs> that <laughs> it's just fun things like that, that people do. It's, um, it, and I let them choose pretty much whatever they want to do. So it, it's cool that we get everybody involved like that. You know, Leah, if, if Eric wins the race, do you have to give him the award? I just, just something to, just something to think about. I did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I did, but so we had this last year and I did give him that award. Oh, that's yep, awesome. He won. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, by the way, yep. if a driver goes flag to flag, um, that's an additional, ad- an additional over $3,700 if they go flag to flag, just in case you were wondering. So, uh, do you have a fast qualifier award for late models, by the way? We do. Yep. It's Friday and Saturday, both a thousand for each day. Wow. All right, cool. Uh, Rich, last thing. Oh yeah. I just want to, I know we talked about uh, the Kyle Busch race car, but did we mention the Kyle Busch is racing on Saturday night? No, we didn't. I, you know, it's, (laughs) it's been a whirlwind with that. I mean, it was kind of, we had to drive out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been nuts. We are very thankful for that. He, Mike and him have known each other, had a relationship for a long time. So Mike got us hooked up with that. And it's just amazing. We're very excited for it. We think it's going to be even make the wood chick even more bigger or bigger. Um, so we, yeah, it's just, we're very excited. It, I'm excited. We met him and he's great. You know, people say what they want about him, but he was very welcoming. He let us take his van to watch his kid race. You know, like he he was just very welcoming and we're hoping to be able to do the same to him, make him feel welcome and make, maybe he'll want to come back more. I don't know what a NASCAR contract pays to win, uh, you know, but if, if, if he wins the wood tick and you know, let's say he goes flag to flag and collects almost $40,000 at Merritt Speedway, um, He's going to head to the Firekeepers Casino 400 on Sunday, not feeling all that bad. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, pretty cool stuff. Leah, uh, unfortunately, we could talk about this event as we're going to all week long, uh, but we got to wrap it up for tonight. Leah, if any drivers, I know they, they probably know, or if any fans, right, where's the best place to go to get resources or if they have questions or things like that? Uh, this week, nobody call Leah. Nobody's calling Leah this week. She's swamped. So where can <laughs> folks go to uh, get those questions answered? Um, so I set up a Facebook page for this. It's the Dan Soleil Memorial Facebook page. 
I have um, people messaging me all day today on that page. So if anybody has any questions, I'll try to get them answered. Um, I have tried to be really good at posting all the different events and all the different times and everything on there. So just scroll down through and you'll you'll find what you need, hopefully. And if not, just shoot me a message and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Leah, we're sending Rich up there with a couple of cases. Uh, he'll have uh, 50s and 100s available as well and uh, a couple of microphones. So he's going to take good care of you guys uh, while I'm off uh, off taking care of the farm. So It's a, it's a fair trade-off. Leah's got the jello shots. And I, oh. and I had a few last year. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Leah, we wish you nothing but the best. Uh, I, I, of course, am disappointed as you... I, I hope you know I'm disappointed I won't be there, but Rich is going to do a good job. We know he will, and um, well, uh, good luck this weekend. I know it's going to be great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for having me, and I will see you, Rich, on Thursday. You got it. And, Zach, now we'll go through the local winners from the weekend of Friday at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Eric Spangler grabbed the UMP late model 30-lap feature win. Myron DeYoung took home the IMC modified feature. Uh, on Saturday at the Berlin Raceway, Bubba Pollard, you know why he was here. He's getting an extra feature in uh, before the battle at Berlin. He picked up the win in the 75-lap super late model feature at, at uh, Berlin Raceway on Saturday. Josh Fry and Dennis Holtz landed a third, grabbed sportsman wins. At Butler Motor Speedway, Steve Irwin grabbed the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints feature win, and Robbie Henderson found victory lane in the Modifieds. And then at the Oasso Speedway, David McManus picked up the modified feature win on Saturday. Matt Kemp grabbed another, made another trip to Taco Bell uh, in the MCR Dwarf Car feature. And Buddy Head took home the late model sportsman honors. And Zach, on the phone lines right now, we have the gentleman who picked up the modified win at Owasso this weekend. David McManus, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. It's great to hear from you guys, uh, Zach and Rich. You know, it's been a little bit, I think we spoke last year, but... Uh, we're carrying that momentum forward and, and having another really great year. Well, we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, you maybe you just didn't get one or two wins. You weren't stuck there after, after all the win. I mean, last year was just a, a monumental, se- monumental season that you had at, at Birch Run. And then, I mean, just talk about that. And then coming to Owasso this year with all the changes. And, man, you got a hot rod, a very nice hot rod uh, that everybody's real familiar with. It's, it's, you got to be having a lot of fun this year. Man, it's incredible. Uh, you talk about last year and even the year before that. So in 21 and 22, primarily at Bertrand Speedway, we had two incredible seasons back-to-back, you know, two championships, something like five or six feature wins in both of those years. And, uh, you know, so then talking with Rex over the off season, he asked if I'd be interested in, in driving for him. And uh, I didn't really honestly know who he was a whole lot. <laughs> and they said, well, come to the shop and we'll talk. Yeah. And so I pulled in the driveway and – um I thought, holy cow, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And so when I arrived, I thought, well, <laughs> sign me up to this deal. I can't wait. And so we talked and he said, hey, I want to want to have some good runs. But most importantly, I want to have fun. And so we've been doing a lot of smiling, a lot of laughing this year. Uh, it's been good. And, and when, some, when you're driving for somebody like Rex, and when I say like Rex, um, it's no secret, right? It's, it's a no expenses spared type of situation is there more even if rex says okay yeah we want to run good but we're going to have fun do you still put pressure on yourself going come on this is good equipment i need to be parking it on the front stretch you know uh, if it's more than i am or you know uh what what i don't know is there that internal conversation with yourself when you're racing for somebody else like that uh, there is, but honestly, you know, maybe the expectations or pressure 
from other people is, is different in some kind of way, but it's not different at all for me. And, and I've always set those kind of expectations for myself. And I think that's partially what landed me in this situation to begin with. You know, it's just, if we have a bad run, if we're running fifth or eighth or fourth, whatever it is, my goal is to do better than that the next week, you know, and, and the most important race is always the next race. I try not to uh, prioritize anything above anything else. I, I want to go out there and be a threat to win every single week. And so I guess to answer your question, no, it's not different for me um, because those those expectations in my mind have always been there. We're going to do this later in the show when we talk to uh, David Hilker, and I, I like to do this um, – I like to bring this to people's attention. 15 events, 14 top 10s. Let me stop there. <laughs> 15 <laughs> events, 14 top 10s, uh, 11 top fives, and three wins. And I think it's interesting, too, because, David, when you are driving a car with somebody's name on it that also owns the racetrack, it's easy to lead to speculation. However... I have sat with Rex, and I've watched a couple of races where he has watched cars with his name on it go around the racetrack, and he has gotten more excited for your competitors and how they are doing than his own cars in those situations. Um, his his neutrality for everything that's happening at Owasso Speedway and his race cars is is really well-balanced, in my opinion. Have you had any any uh, people come to you and say, you know, any of those stupid things about, oh, it must be nice to be racing for the owner or things like that? Or or is it really that well-balanced that even your competitors know that, that, you know, it's just another race car, it's just David McManus? Um, I think as time goes along, people become a little bit predictable. Certain people that I've known a long time or maybe that I haven't. But, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, have come to the understanding that it is just another race car. I mean, uh, shoot, we've been sent to the rear <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> other things, other calls have happened with other team cars that have had a similar result. So, you know, you're going to have guys that I think are always going to have that thing in their mind saying, well, he's, he's getting whatever treatment because of this situation. But I think, uh, most people, most reasonable people understand by watching just what's happened so far that, uh, it really is a neutral program. And I mean, the thing to know about Rex, First things first, he's a race fan, yeah. um, and that's kind of what happened with Owasso Speedway and, and what led up to his purchase of the racetrack. So, you know, he's a race fan more than he is a, a team owner or whatever else, and uh, I think that's critical in, in being neutral like he talked about. And I think, too, maybe even you mentioned getting sent to the rear the other way. If somebody chops your nose and they go around – you're probably going to the tail because your your car says wheeler trucking and they don't even want a hint, a sniff of an accusation to go the other way. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Maybe even might even be uh, might even be the other side of the coin. But regardless, right? Things at Owasso Speedway really going good, really going good for you this year with those three wins. And we've asked everybody this that's come to Owasso that we've talked to talk about that racetrack and its raceability and how it's different from what you remember and, and even how now that we're to the end of July, it's evolving. I guess the biggest thing and the first thing myself and pretty much anybody else who walks to the gate is going to notice is the staff. Uh, people are kind, people are nice. People say, hello, you're going to be well-treated. And then as you get beyond three steps in, you're going to notice the beautiful surface. You know, I mean, it's getting better every single week. It is sensitive to the sunshine and to the weather and those types of things. But the top side slowly is coming in. It's getting better every week. I know that was somewhat of a complaint because people grew used to the old Owasso, you know, and was 
two and sometimes three lanes. And in most classes, there's two lanes. Um, so it, it's, it's coming back to what it used to be. Uh, but it's also going to take some time. You know, that's just the way it is. That, uh, I talked to a lot of different guys and, and, and it, we, we talked to some of the late model guys and they, you know, I think, I think what's take making it take longer, David, is you're not running a ton of 10 inch tire races there, you know, um, there, yeah, you got, you got the quad crown for the, for the outlaws, but, and the Jag series is there, I think twice or something like that. But, but for the most part, if you got guys on eight or nine inch tires trying to run a racetrack in, and that's pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the part of the way life is, you know, I mean, laying the rubber down on the racetrack is, is going to build in the grip. And it's not so much that the top side is worse than what it used to be. It's just the bottom side is that much better. So better than what it used to be. That is, you know, it was so bumpy on the bottom before. I mean, it was rough. It'll rattle the fillings out of your teeth. And now it's, I've heard it said, uh, it's the smoothest road in Michigan, you know? So, I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's fast. It's incredibly fast. Uh, use more brakes than ever. And that's because you're carrying that straightaway speed, but, um, yeah, the top side's coming in a little slower than, uh, some people would like to see, but, uh, we made it work on a restart last week and I know some other cars have made it work and, um, it's just different, you know, David, let's talk about, uh, the, the tune-up, right, that obviously took place over this last weekend um, for that huge modified race known as the Hot Shoe 100. Um, how much of the data that you collect on Saturday do you think will be applicable, or is this racetrack going to go through... It's obviously going to change, but is the change going to be substantial enough given the amount of cars that you're probably going to have, the heat that's probably going to be there, how well were these? Will these notes from Saturday transfer over to what's going to happen uh, in one week? Um, I think it's critical in terms of what happens throughout the day. You know how the car feels early in the day, as the day goes on, and then feature time it changes drastically. So, I mean, those notes do carry over. Yeah, there's going to be three times as many cars. There's going to be a ton of cars. You know, I anticipate probably over sixty, and uh, that's going to really lay down some rubber on the racetrack. It might change the, the lane a little bit or it might make the car a little tighter it's hard to say but the weather right now seems to have the most drastic impact on the way the car drives you know whether the sun's shining and it's 90 or if it's 60 and, and cloudy it, it handles totally different and so you got to be prepared to go either direction david i got to ask you big news out today uh that was posted for the owasso fall nationals uh I, i'm assuming you saw it um Owasso Fall National is going to be way different and way bigger than it ever has been before. Yeah, uh, so I've been keeping up with that and pretty much everything, and that's been uh, the tone that Rex has set for Owasso Speedway for everything. You know, if it was one way before, you can anticipate whatever it was being better now, and that's great for the fans. That's great for the teams and the drivers. I can't wait. Um, you know, just with everything going on, even – we're talking years in the future, the programs and, and the types of improvements happening to that facility, it's out of control. You know, it's just, it's almost unbelievable. And so you can't not be excited. If you're a race fan and you haven't been to a while, so you really, really need to go check it out. How, 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 uh, how interested does that make you to get on the phone and try to find an outlaw ride for $20,000 to win? <laughs> $20,067, by the way. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hold on now. Let me rub these hands together. <laughs> it's been rattling around in the back of my mind a little bit, so we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I've been incredibly busy with these modified. You know, I think our schedule this year consisted of over 30 events. Dirt guys are probably laughing at that. I know they run a lot. But <laughs> in terms of a pavement season, 30 events is a lot. You know, it's it's a ton. And so... That's what it looked like for us, but, you know, we've already had six cancellations. So, I don't know. Um, whether it's coming in the future or whether I stick just with the modifieds, uh, to be determined. And I don't want to uh, – we talk a lot about Owasso, and I think people probably understand why, but um, kind of lost in its shadow but not 100% are, are the changes that continue to go on at the track that you called home uh, as well and that you still continue to support on a regular basis, and that's Birch Run, uh, the NASCAR partnership that was announced over the offseason, and, you know, of course, the the Friday Night Thunder Series, which is sponsored by Wheeler Trucking. Um, they are continuing to, and, and I like, too, that they haven't come become complacent. Birch Run continues to uh, try new things and continues to uh, really put on a great show, whether it's Friday or Saturday nights. I always love Bertrand Speedway. You know, it's it's about a mile down the road, and um, of course that makes it convenient. But <laughs> I love the racetrack. I love the people. It's a super clean and nice facility. Um, they've got the Gas Alley Bar, which is great for afterwards. You know, and uh, it's a it's, it's a rich fantastic. France, it's a rich France favorite. <laughs> I've been, there, been there, done that. Been there, done that already. Yeah, Thank yeah, you very much, it is, David. And it is really nice. Uh, it, and that's one of the, that's what I mean, David. Is that they. Right, Bertrand Speedway and Event Center, Berlin Raceway, come for the races, stay for the party. It's like a new approach to try to get fans to come back to our sport, and I'm not mad about it. I, I think if it works, I'm here for it. Well, for the downright awesome race that took place there just a few weeks back, so many Indiana and Ohio guys, and, and shoot, they were guys from Colorado, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be back. They couldn't believe the place when they saw it which makes me incredibly proud to say, hey, you know, that's my home track, and I'm glad you guys had a great time. I'm glad you loved it, and I really hope they're going to come back. And it sounds like most of them are. So that's really exciting to me as a race fan, as a racer. I want to see this thing blow up, not just that racetrack, but everywhere. And uh, we're really fortunate pavement racing in Michigan is, is alive and well. The more, the better, this is my opinion, the better that racing does as a whole is better for everybody. Uh, and so the be- the more good shows that Birch Run can put on, the more good shows that Owasso can put on, the more good shows that Auto City can put on, um, I think that it's the good shows that keep fans wanting more good shows and coming back for more. And whether in their mind a good show is the product on the racetrack or sitting there drinking six or seven Miller Lights watching the race on the screen inside the bar, if it works, it works. Right, Rich? Yeah, and I'm thinking, David, you know, I don't know, and I think while we're seeing these changes, and you can weigh, I'd I'd like you to weigh in on this, I don't think we have enough pure race fans to fill every track anymore, so you have to find other reasons to get them there, and so if you give give them other opportunities to enjoy this or enjoy that while they're there, now all of a sudden you see the grandstands filling up more and more. I think you've nailed it. You know, the landscape has changed so much, and and a lot of people... uh, couple generations before me they grew up going to the racetrack and wouldn't miss it for the world and there's still those people but there's fewer of them so we got to figure out a way to get those people to the track and maybe it's the racing but maybe there's something we can add to it and Owasso's adding 
I mean, the light show, you guys have seen it probably. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you've heard oh, about yes. it. Oh, yes. And it's only going to get better when they finish that. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that. You know, the kids are loving the place. Um, it's really child-friendly, obviously, the 20 and under. Get in free. Um, Birch Run Speedway does a ton of stuff for the kids. Just depends on the event, you know, a bunch of autograph nights and all that stuff. So it's getting these people and really keeping the youth interested and saying, you know what, I want to go back. And maybe bugging mom and dad a little bit, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, and I had talked to some people when I was in the gas alley bar and grill. I was having a Pepsi or two there and when we, on, on uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club night. And I had talked to a guy and said, yeah, we, we come in here, they have a concert, and then we're going to go ahead and stay for the race as well. There happened, so they, they were coming for the concert. They said, well, we might as well stay for the race because we're already oh, 100%. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's how it's working. I'm like, I, I've been there for some shows and uh, music events and things of that nature, and, and I look around, and I mean, I've been there, going there for my entire life. The majority of the people I have never seen at a single race, you know, so to see brand new people who would never otherwise be at a racetrack, but yet see them at a racetrack, it's working, you know, that's a, that's a good thing for racing and, and a good thing for that particular speedway. David, this season, Rich mentioned it to start, right? You got five wins last year, you've got three this year. Um, competition, I think maybe as strong in the modified class as ever, especially consistently, right? You've got guys that are showing up week in and week out that maybe you only see for a Midwest Modified Tour event or for a big money race. Now they're sticking around the state, whether it's at the big money shows at Owasso or the you know the Friday Night Thunder stuff at Birch Run. They're sticking around and they're spending their hard-earned money right here in Michigan. Um, how has this class developed over you know the last 365 days? Is that a fair observation that it's getting tougher? I can confidently say that every year that goes by, it's getting tougher and tougher, and this year is no exception to it. Um, we see a lot of guys who maybe weren't traditionally front runners who now are. They've stepped up their program, and people are catching up. I mean, we had a, a couple guys who were really the class of the field, and just everybody has raised the bar. So now we've got a lot more competitive cars. They're really good cars, really good drivers, and um, I, tons of second-generation drivers. They've grown up in racing just like I did. And uh, I, I really, I was talking with Mike Liberta Jr. just a little bit ago, and he's one of those guys. You know, he's incredibly fast. He's doing a bang-up job. I think he's Rookie of the Year in the Touring Series, or at least he's leading that point uh, deal so far. But, you know, there's just a ton of guys like him who came on the scene strong right out of the gate. So it's been tough. Yeah, David, I admit we, had, we had had Aaron Taylor on a few weeks ago, and he's right along the same lines. I mean, I... I can't believe it. You know, another another second generation driver, and and man, um, he is running really, really well this year. He is. He's been strong at Owasso and uh, a couple other places. You know, he's he's a competitor, and he's there. Um, sounds like confidence is high. I listened to that program. And I thought, well, all right, we're going to bring it. And um, <laughs> you know, he's been there. Did you he's not have there. to? Did you not have to compete against him on Saturday? I think he, he went to Owasso. Did he not? Or did he take, follow yeah. the tour down to Anderson? I can't. I don't know. He was there somewhere. I didn't see him up front, but he was there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're gonna make me look up where he finished. All right. <laughs> that was uh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just facts of the matter. That, you know, yep. he's been up front. He's he finished. Races, he finished sixth. That's, he did finish sixth, so that's not bad. <laughs> but yeah, yes, yeah, he had a great qualifying effort too, and and everything else. 
and so you actually comes into play. Wow, and you brought some guys with you. I hadn't taken the time to look at this. You come from sixth uh, to get the win. This tells me what everybody's been waiting for. This track's getting racy. Uh, you come from sixth. You bring Trevor Berry with you, who came from ninth. Tim Lahar came from eleventh uh, to to get up there with you. Uh, Nick Clemens, by the way, holy smokes, your hard charger along with Andrew Groff, who uh, both improved eleven spots. Just to back it up again, David, this track is starting to get racy again. Well, it really is. You know, the track is, is coming along. Guys are learning that, okay, yeah, we're at Owasso, but it drives a little different than the Owasso everybody's used to. So everybody's kind of figuring out the best way to get around there and how to make a good pass. And and that's evident, you know, those stats you just listed off. I mean, that's some serious position gains there for a lot of those guys. And so it's good racing, and it's getting better every week. All right, hit me with brass tacks. Um, where you're at now, the way that you've performed, do you feel that you have a, a program and a car <clears throat> capable of matching or exceeding last year's win total? Um, I think so, uh, but only by virtue of running more races than we did last year. I'm a little bit disappointed with where we're at. No wins at Bertrand Speedway. Uh, been barking hard two different times, going for the lead and had issues come up. Some in my control, some not. Um, but those those ones are tough to swallow, and they were two good ones. And then uh, the downright awesome race. Hard to be disappointed with a third place, but I walked away knowing exactly what I needed to do to make my car better. It's just no opportunity to do that. You know, once you're in, you're in. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy. You know, three wins on the, on the year at Owasso Speedway. We've got seven races in over there, and three of them came out with a win. But... More to be desired over across the street at Bertrand Speedway. I like that. I like that win percentage, though, David. That's not so bad. Oh, it's incredibly good. You know, I, I'm real. I couldn't be more excited for the hot shoe. You know, it was it's bounced around from track to track, and um, nothing against those places, but none of them were my favorite, particularly. But Owasso's been going incredibly well, so I I think we got to be in the short list for someone to watch for that big show. Well, man, congratulations on the win this weekend. Um, we're going to give you a shout-out because I'm sure the boss is listening. Uh, give a shout-out to everybody who makes it possible on that 10-car. Well, absolutely, Wheeler Trucking. And then we've got the 7-car Rat Tech Engine Service, been with us forever, Ashtack Solutions, Rock Solid Insulation, Benji's Car Wash, Kyle's Racing Productions, Howl Racing, of course, Travis Eddy, all these folks that come on board and, and uh, make this season and seasons in the past what they were and what it is now. And in that same token, I got to ask you. Um, there's a there's a great little blurb on social media today. Uh, actually, it went up yesterday. Tell tell everybody who George uh, is. It Coley or Collie? Um, what <laughs> he put up a great little post here. Talking, oh, he's laughing already. <laughs> talking about well, really, I mean, talking about your craft and how hard you guys have worked, and um, you know, you you had a nice little response to him as well. My cousin George Collie is the biggest hustler you're ever going to see i mean as far as working hard you won't find somebody he, he will not be outworked period that's that used to be my thing and then he came along so <laughs> you know um he i love it he's a hell of a guy to have on your team he and, said he sweat um, through his hat have... on saturday so that tells me all i need to know <laughs> yeah well i've got a new one sitting here for him with his name on it so i, I can't be having him run around with a grimy hat you got to <laughs> get him right. geared, geared up and looking good so yeah um Man, he helps me out in the shop at the racetrack. I can call him up and say, let's get loaded up or let's unload it. doesn't matter what time it is. He's there, and uh, he's there for it. And I appreciate him and, and guys like him that 
go to the racetrack and help not just me, but everybody. Crew guys are about as hard to get as sponsors, which is about as hard yeah. to get as fans in the stand. You know, it's all these things. It's not like it used to be. And so when you find good help and, and uh, good things, you got to do what it takes to hold on to those folks. David, uh, congratulations, three wins. It's the end of July. you got a couple months left to uh, try to match or exceed that five-win total from last year. By the way, put an asterisk next to this, and, and uh, uh, maybe we can, we can get this straightened out. I said 15 events and 14 top tens, but one of these events I think may have got washed away halfway through because you only have qualifying for May 6th. Uh, there's no feature results for that one, so you may actually be 14 of 14 finishing in the top 10 this season, which is not bad at all. I wasn't going to correct you, but you're right. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, so we finish in the top 10 every time, but I don't look at top 10s. I like to look at top three, and I know that we've ran on the top three nine times. Uh, there you go. And so to me, that's important. Um, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever. It's good, I guess, <laughs> but I'm looking at those top three runs. Yeah. And so nine of those out of 14 shows isn't too shabby. Should be... More than that, but, you know, race and luck. Race and luck comes into play, and, and sometimes you're on the good end, and sometimes you're not. Well, look out. David McManus is hungry. He doesn't even know where other competitors are finishing. All he knows is that he wants them behind him. And uh, coming into the one of the biggest weekends uh, for Modifieds, uh, it's a dangerous time right now to have to race against David McManus. So good luck, sir. Uh, congratulations on the wins thus far, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again very soon. Maybe uh, we're going to have to have you on back-to-back -back weeks as a, as a Hot Shoe 100 winner. Who knows? Uh, that would be the best-case scenario, but I really do appreciate it. Love talking to you guys. All right, David. Thank you so much. Have a good night. All right, you too. Now joining us, it is our pleasure to welcome in our final guest of the evening. And, Rich, uh, I can't believe three guests in one night. It's been a, a jam-packed show, but there's a lot going on. It's that time of year. And uh, our next driver comes from Midland, Michigan. He's part of a historic namesake, and he's making he continues every year to make a name for himself as well. Derek Hilliker, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Man, it's uh, been a good season for you. You pick up another win on Saturday at Crystal, and um, you know there's there's a lot we're going to dive into tonight. Obviously, we're going to talk about Crystal. We're going to talk about late model racing in general, but um, a, a multi win. Well, first of all, a a season in which you win a race is hard to come by for a lot of people in this state. A multi win season is really hard to come by for people in this state. And you've done both, and you continue to just rack them up, man. Talk about that 19 car this year and, and kind of – sounds like a lot of things are falling just right together for you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty good year so far. Um, it is the same car that we've been in for three years now. It's a 2016 Masterbuilt. Um, but, yeah, things – we hit the ground running. Things have gone pretty well. Um, we've got four wins at Crystal and one at Tri-City now. Quite a few seconds at Tri-City. Um but, yeah, we've been just really consistent most nights, not missing the top five too often. A um, couple, like, flat tire and odd mechanical here and there, but uh, for the most part, we're hitting pretty much every night. 22 events. This is all uh, the events uh, that we have recorded in my race pass, so uh, which, which pretty well covers the state. So 22 events this year. As you mentioned, five wins, 18 top tens, and 17 top fives. Um, and I know, you know, at the short track level, we will talk about stats like this, and we've had drivers before say, oh, well, I've never really looked at it that way. I am having a better season than I thought. Um, at the short track level, we don't really always look at top tens and top fives as being successful, but, I mean, out of 22 races, you've only had three where you weren't up, or four where you weren't inside the top ten competing for a win. That's impressive to me. 
Yeah, and and I'm a bit of a numbers nerd. I, I do actually keep track of that. Okay, but, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know. I just work with numbers, I guess. But um, And so far, we're on track for my best season ever right now. Um, as far as and, you know, win, wins or consistency? or Well, we're, we're tied with my most wins right now. And I think um, I'm right there with most top fives. And, awesome. and same with top tens, really. When you look at um, when you look for, at those, does it help drive your motivation? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to make sure I got that in there because I, I mean, for a race car driver to analyze and look at those numbers the way you do, there's got to be something behind it other than just liking numbers. Does it help drive and motivate you to to continue to do well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, to me, a, a perfect season would be never missing the top ten. Um, you know, I think never missing the top five would be great. That's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, I'm typically a championship runner. I like running for track points, and the way you get a championship is consistency. It's not just being the fastest, you know, blowing their doors off one night. It's being right there every single night. That's what really gets me going. So, um, you know, the, the numbers, the stats like that are really a way to gauge how the season's going so far. Derek, I got to believe that, you know, for the most part, whenever we come up to, you know, Tri-City and, and Crystal, that's pretty much where you're where you're running unless Crystal's off and maybe you show up to Merritt or something. But that's got to help you um, instead of, you know, bouncing around to a different racetrack every single weekend. Oh, definitely. Yeah, going to the same track consistently. It, I'm, I'm not naive to think that, you know, these guys that travel to all these different tracks and that and still put on a good show, um, and, and still get these top fives. They're, they're still kind of in a, in a league ahead of me, but they're still better. You know, when Dona goes down to Fairbury and makes the show and runs top five, or, or Logan Nickerson goes down there, you know, that's, that's still really impressive. It's, it's much easier to have this consistency just running the same track back to back. And it's um, got to be. I would say. Yeah, go ahead. I would say one of the, one of the trickier things, though, that I do have to deal with is, two different tires between Friday and Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, I was so going to get those there. Those tires behave different. Yeah. So you do have to have a different setup and drive the car a little bit different um, between the two tracks as well. Do you, you, but, you, you, um, do, you, you do both tracks on the same car, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but I, I'm, what I'm thinking is it probably helps you because you know what each of those tracks, for the most part, every night later in the race for feature time, what it's going to be like. Yeah, you, you get a pretty good idea based on your heat race or, or qualifying and just watching other cars. You, you have a better idea of what to expect coming up in the future for sure. And you, you can look back at your notes of, well, tonight it's heavy and rough. What did we do last time? It was heavy and rough and did it work? You know, stuff like that. So, You know, you mentioned that you like to run for track points. And uh, so, of course, I had to look. You are in a very interesting spot right now uh, <laughs> yeah. uh three points yeah. back three points back from the uh championship points lead at crystal motor speedway four points back as of uh, after this weekend four points back of the championship points lead at tri-city motor speedway um are you eyeballing the double down or i mean wh- wh- oh yeah okay oh yeah that's that's been on the mind since i mean really that's that's been the goal of the last two years 21 and 22 we came up short at tri-city we were second in 21 and 22, but we won it at Crystal in 21 and 22. Um, and until we had a mechanical just last Friday at Tri-City, before before that, we were actually up by 10. 
Um, so not not a great night for points there, but yeah, still got still got I think three weeks left now. Um, to, is, is that to, it to catch Eric? Yeah, I believe it's three points night at both tracks. Wow! Yep, you just broke my heart. <laughs> it's, come, it's, it's ending quick. And the thing with with Crystal, we've been trailing Mike there for pretty much the whole season. Really, and it's been like five, six, seven points. We just yo-yo. One of us will finish one spot ahead of the other, and then just switch back the next week. Yeah, he's having a bad. He's having. <laughs> we a, can't. We can't get away from each other. Yeah, and he's having a good season too, right? Thirteen features, oh, yeah. twelve top tens, eleven top fives, and three wins. Uh, you know that's yep. consistency. The consistency. We don't yeah. talk about consistency much anymore, Derek. We talk about winning races, and um, well, there, and that there's not a lot of guys. Think, and, and just to complete the thought, there's not a lot of guys left like you. And Rich, we encounter this all the time. I think you can back me up. There's not a lot of guys who go into a season saying we're running for a championship. The wins might come. We want the championship is more important. There's not a lot of people that race like that anymore. No, there's not. And I think it's probably just my upbringing, watching my dad, and my uncle go for points year after year after year, and getting these track championships. It, you know, that's what I always, as a kid, strived for and thought was the coolest thing. Um, and you know, again, I'm not naive to the fact that, like, if Dona ran points at Tri-City, no one's going to touch him. You know, like, he's he's just so dang good there. Um, but there is still something to the work that goes into running every single night, every single weekend, and you can't miss. You can't have a bad night. Um, and I, I think that, again, is just what drives me. It's it's extremely stressful. <laughs> Where is he out? For sure. But that's that's what what really is the goal is just championships. To to your point, I, I want to make a couple of things clear. Number one, when you talk about Tri City um, and Crystal, you have to include Derek Hilliker in the conversation. Uh, and and I was taught that right. I didn't know much about Tri City six years ago, but and I was taught that, and I've learned that on my own that okay, that nineteen car watch him at Tri-City because he's going to have it figured out. Also, to your other point about how hard it is, Brandon Thurlby, right? I mean, leading the feature mm-hmm. and has an engine expire, sits fifth in points, 67 yep. points back. I mean, and, and he's one of the ones that probably shows up, if not every week, 98% of the season he's going to yep. be there running for points. So just, you know, yeah, guys can go and travel and collect wins, but I, I think you're right. I think there's still a lot that you can prove by running for a track championship. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, they're they're just totally different ways to measure success. I feel you know, um, it's, you know, win, wins are really impressive. They're they're definitely something to to strive for and be very proud of. In the same way that I think championships are. And I think you know, Derek. I was I was thinking about this. I said I cannot believe, and I believe that Crystal is running late models on Saturday, right? If I'm yes, but no points, no points. Oh, um, so what? So does that Brian, mean? Oh, do I know where you're going to be then? Uh, if I'm anywhere, it'll be Crystal. I think we're actually probably taking Saturday off. There's been a lot of back burner maintenance that hasn't been done, and I just don't know if we're going to get it ready for Saturday. Explain. I mean, we, explain we could. Reason, yeah, explain the reason by that. Seeing you know, obviously everybody knows not far from you. There's a thirty-five thousand dollar to win race on Saturday. Well, it's $35,000 to win, but if you don't win, you've got a whole heck of a lot of laps to run. You've got, you've got a lot of expenses into it, too. 
Um, and I, I just don't know if we're in a spot to commit to that, especially as tight as points are at Crystal and Tri-City, because that's even a consideration of do we race Saturday? What if something happens? You know, it's not for points. Is it, is it worth risking something happening really bad, you know, a rollover or an engine blow up? You know, is, is it worth it? But I can, I mean, I guess I can play, and I'm not trying to talk you into it or out of it, but I mean, if you're running for points, that can happen on any given night, really. I mean, oh, sure. if it's, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't know. Especially if, the engine blow up. Yeah, and I don't know if I was a driver back in the seat, if it would make me feel any better that it was a points night or not a points night. I think I'd still be pretty upset if either of those things happened. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what you have to weigh, right, is – is, is it almost better to to blow up on a non-point site and say, well, it was going to happen <laughs> right, anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I, wanted, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because these are conversations I've had in the pits, but I don't know if we've talked about it much for the show. Explain kind of how the engine process works right now in late model racing with working with engine builders, and you almost kind of get handcuffed a little bit as far as a lap or a night count that you can put on those engines before you really do start to get nervous about their performance at the track. T- talk to me, if you can, a little bit about your program and what you watch for. Well, I think we're in a little bit unique situation in that my dad, myself, my uncle, um, Andrew Terrell, we all go through basically a family friend, Steve Marquis. Um, he's retired. He likes working on engines. He's really good at what he does. Um, it's not a big engine shop. You know, it's not Ryan or Apex or uh, Jay Dickens or the Kill, any of those guys. Um, but, yeah, you do keep an eye on your lap count, and you are aware that as the season wears on, stuff's starting to get tired. Stuff can happen. Um, but I typically not I try not to shy away from, from running stuff just out of fear of the engine. Um just because, you know, it's, it's part of racing. If you were afraid of blowing up, you'd never race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and and part of it, too, is at the end of the season, we usually have the wing stuff come around. And, you know, that's not great on motors, but I don't think it's any harder on motors than a heavy racetrack is in the regular car. In some cases, I think it's actually easier on the motor. But Do you, um, have, do you have a threshold? I mean, if we're... If we're just talking, you know, is it laps? Is it is it nights? Because I guess one is easier to track maybe than the other. One's probably a little more specific. You know, if you got thirty or forty lap races, and then you know you got a twenty five, you know, ten lap heat race, an eight lap heat race, qualifying. I mean, it seems like counting laps would be pretty tedious. But I don't know. What do you do? I, I actually don't really count laps or nights. Yeah, it's you just whatever it. we get to at the end of the season. I mean, hopefully the motor makes it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, Really, the only thing that I keep track of, as far as that goes, is number of nights and number of times I got the oil really hot. Oh, if, okay. If it's been really hot and I'm roasting oil, I'll change the oil more often. What that's, is? And, and this is that's just about the, the only thing I do. And this <laughs> is the former racer in me. What are you at? Two two shows an oil change, or is it every oil change every every night? Oh no. Yeah. No, no. It's <laughs> I've actually been running. I don't know, eight nights. Really? Oil change. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Man. It basically, so we run <laughs> Joe Gibbs driven XP5, um, and that stuff when it starts to degrade, your oil pressure starts tanking. 
Okay. Um, it just it just thins out. It's like you flip a switch and all of a sudden your oil pressure is just like gone. Um, you try to get to it before that happens, but if there's ever a night, typically Crystal, we run way higher oil temp. It's that long back stretch. Um, if there's ever a night at Crystal where, yeah, your oil pressure is pretty darn low when you come in after the feature, it's like, all right, we need to change oil this week. I'm going to send this clip to my dad because we spent way too much money on oil changes back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knock on wood, like seriously knock on wood, I've never had an engine failure due to oil. Never once. That's impressive. That's um, good. The only thing we've done was we lost the oil pump belt one time and we replaced bearings to be safe. But I mean, that's not the oil's fault. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the oil change. Lost the belt. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Rich. And Derek, and Derek, the other thing I think, some guys do, and I don't know if this affects you in the off season, but are you a little more conservative on what you do to these engines rather than risk? Yeah, you know, rather than risk, say we're going to do everything we can, and we don't know how long this motor is going to last. Obviously, the more chance you take, the more horsepower you try to make. Uh, reliability starts going out the window. Exactly. Um, this motor, it's actually Phil Hendershot's motor from way back in the day. Um, we bought it off him in 2017, I think. The bottom end is really stout. It's pretty heavy. The rotating mass is pretty heavy. Um, it it's a 430. It revs pretty slow compared to other you know really lightweight motors. And I'm just fine with that. Probably it, doesn't bother it, you on these dry slick tracks, does it? No, not at all. I actually like it on the dry slick. It, it's almost it's like you got a built more in. Manageable. You got a little more. You got a little built in traction control there with that heavy rotating yeah. assembly. Yeah. And it's a big displacement, so even when the track gets heavy, once you get it wound up anyway, it doesn't pull down quite as easily. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's a really nice running motor. And, you know, back to your question of do we talk about, you know, building it up and making it, you know, more ragged edge stuff? Steve pretty much asks me every winter, do you want to do anything to the power? And I say, nope. Put the exact, if we're replacing stuff, put the exact same stuff back in it. And I want okay. the bottom end. Yeah, and that's probably out. okay. That's probably okay if you're not traveling, right? And you're, and you you know where you're going to be running at for, for most of the season, and yeah. and so you so you're not saying, well, we need a little more because we might go I ninety six when they have a show, or or we you know we might go up to Merritt when when the track's really fast. Um, you don't have to worry right. about that as much. Exactly. If if we did travel more, then that probably would be something we have to look into. But you know, it, it that's part of why we don't travel to Eldora or 96 or Hartford. Um, just we'd get our butts kicked on motor and, you know, even we went to 96 with that in 2020 and one night it slicked off and we were just fine. And the next night, next weekend we went and it didn't flick off and we were just way out motor down the straightaway. But you know, it's just what you sign up for. I got to ask you that's part of why that's, that's part of why I like it when Tri-City just turns to ice because it, <laughs> it, takes, it takes the motor completely out of the equation. It doesn't matter who's got the base motor. You can just, it's all car set up and, and driver. Which is getting more popular and it's happening at more and more places. I mean, social media talks about it all the time about tracks going slick from top to bottom. And, you know, there are some people, I don't know if it was you that we were talking to about this, Rich. Uh, you know, if you, if, I don't know if you remember if it was Derek or not, that we were asking about, you know, the racetrack doing that and, it seems to work for you. Crystal's known for it. Tri City's known for it. Um, but there are a yeah. lot of there are a lot of people on the internet who want you know to bang the cushion and have a, a, a you know a moisture strip down by the tractor tires and just have two lanes of racing that you can work with. 
but the slick at Tri-City, it seems like it is so extreme from top to bottom that instead of two lanes of racing, you've got about six <laughs> that you can work with. Definitely some nights. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the nights probably the most where there is, like, just that little thin piece of brown right on the tires. And then there's, you know, you call it a cushion, definitely not a berm, but there's some moisture right around the very top. I think that's the most fun there is. Yeah. And it, it's it's tricky, and it's it's a very delicate game of you know if you're running the bottom sure you got a safety net if you miss the bottom where you're not going to go off the track but you're going to be way slower because you're going to miss the moisture but then on the flip side if you got the top where you've got to be really brave and really precise because if you're if you don't use all of it you're going too slow but if you use just a tiny bit too much you're going right over the top you know, and, and I, no, yeah and i, th- I think yeah I th- and i think derek it really depends on driver style right I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, you know, you talk about a track slick from top to bottom and a little bit of moisture at the bo- a little bit of moisture around the bottom. Dona's got a big motor and he makes that work. I mean, I mean, he, he, he teaches everybody how to run the bottom there at Tri-City. So it just depends on how you want to run it, right? Because I typically don't ever see you running the line that he does. No, typically not. You're right. It, it's a lot of driver preference and it's how you set up the car ahead of time. You know, if, if there's a night where it looks like the top's not going to come in and we're just going to have to run the tires, I'll begrudgingly loosen the car <laughs> up to try to run the tires. Um, it's just what you have to do. But if I had my choice, I'd much rather be just rim riding. I think it's partly it's more fun. But, um, but yeah, you're definitely right, Dona. And I'll tell you who else, Riley Knoll. Those okay. two guys can run the tires at Tri-City like nobody else. It's I crazy. remember when Riley was running uh, factory stocks, street stocks, whatever you want to call it. He seemed to be pretty good at doing that too uh, in those cars, so that doesn't surprise me. I got—I want to ask you um, because you're not the type that goes to social media very often. Um, you have your racing page, which is fine. Um, but earlier this year, uh, an incident happened at the racetrack, which uh, prompted you to go to social media, and it was actually a race that you ended up winning. Um, but there was contact between you and another driver that took place before you got the lead and ultimately went to victory lane um and the the other driver posted on your post that they you know she felt like everything was fine that you know you were doing what you needed to do to uh try to win that race but i gotta ask you you know how you kind of felt that whole thing played out and why you felt compelled to go to social media with it and try to explain your side of everything um the big reason i went to social media was I've never heard that many boos in my life. I mean, really? okay. right, rightfully so, I suppose. Um, I understand the fans were really not happy about it. Um, I and mean, and it can you take, can you take not- listeners through what happened from your perspective as well, if they haven't seen this clip or know what we're talking about? So we were maybe 10 laps to go. Um, the track was getting pretty rubbered down on the tires. Um, I had been chasing Megan for probably six, seven laps and her car was going away. And I think I talked to her after the race and I think she had heard me, heard my motor outside of her a couple of times. And she started just running into the corner harder and harder trying to defend basically. And we were going down the back stretch into three there at, at Crystal. And if you do it just right, you can really carry your momentum down into three. You go from the top of the back stretch right down to the tires. And she was guarding the inside while she missed the bottom by a little bit. And I saw the way that her line was going in. And I was pretty sure, like, okay, if she doesn't turn by 
you know, this kind of imaginary mark in the track, she's not going to make the tires. And sure enough, she went past it. So I pounced on it. I mean, laps were winding down. Here's my chance. And it's for a win. And so I sent it down to the inside and she got the car woed up and started coming back down the track. At that time, I realized, oh, I don't think she sees me yet. I got on the brakes as hard as I could. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, and if you watch came... the clip, you can see your oil light come on. That's how hard you got on the brakes. Yeah. Right. And she came down and we really didn't hit all that hard. Um, but I think what a lot of it was is her left rear quarter panel hooked my door as she's coming past. Cause again, I'm really slow at this point and she's coming down the hill. She's going a lot faster than I am. And when we hooked, it just sucked her car right around yeah. I mean, just in an instant. Um, they, they called her the caution car. Ryan Flynn came on the radio and said, or not to us, I guess, but I heard from, from Brian, the track owner, say that Ryan came on the radio and said, 19 had the, had the lane, had the position. It's the caution's on the eight car. And, um, you know, I've, I've been on the other side of it where I felt like it. I, I got dumped, and they they called me the caution car. And you know, it's like I can't just. What, what do you do as a driver? Do you just say, "Oh no, no, it was me. Send me to the tail." Yeah, you're, you're not you're not tapping out from the lead. I don't care who you are. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing is, what, what do you do? I felt. I still don't feel good about it. Obviously, I mean, it's. It's a sucky situation. There is no good call. I I wish that they could have just given her spot back, let me run second, let's try it again. Call it a racing deal, and it's a suboptimal racing surface we were on at the time. Um, let's just let it... I understand you can't do that, because at what point, you know, you can't just always do that, so that's a judgment call. You can't have those. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it shook out so but but derek what i think and, and i see it a lot right when you have somebody up there that that isn't winning features every week and 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 i guess we can if you want to use the word underdog we can use that word um the fans like to see that they you know when oh sure they start getting bored when the same cars parking in victory lane every week you yeah, know derek. even though the, even though they may like you and they you know you're, you're a track favorite or whatever um when there's an opportunity for somebody who doesn't win features to win one and then something happens that will upset fans more than anything else. Oh, definitely. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, like you said, it's an underdog story. Everyone loves an underdog and you know, that makes me feel even worse. Really. <laughs> um, you know, if it, if it was a, you know, not, not to call out Baker, but you know, he's, he's another really fast car there. You know, I wouldn't feel as bad stripping him from a win. You know, I mean, we're, we get along pretty well now and, but, but yeah, being an underdog and, and all that, it, it makes it sting even more, you know? And, and I want to be clear too. I wasn't, I didn't bring this up to reopen a wound. I just thought it was interesting because you do race, you know, 30 times a year between two racetracks, these things are going to happen. And, and a lot of times it's just a go talk it out after the races and it's over. I, I just thought it was interesting, especially from you, Derek, to have seen, not because I didn't think you deserved the right to defend yourself, but to post on social media about it and kind of, I think there's a lot of people that would have never never known that that happened, uh, except for you bringing it to light. And I just thought it was interesting. Which, by the way, um, 
I thought that it was a racing deal, but I also work under the spinner spinny rule. I just sent both your rear ends to the tail, and somebody else was winning that race. <laughs> that would have been fair too, really. Um, but yeah, I think I think the real reason that I just posted was you see it in other forms of motorsport where someone wrecks someone else and they just kind of brush it off like ah whatever. Yeah, I don't want to be that way. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day. Me making contact with her is what spun her. She wouldn't. She wouldn't have spun out on her own if it wasn't for me throwing the car into the inside. I still defend that I didn't miss the tires. I didn't go up into her lane. But at the end of the day, it was still my decision to throw it in there. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that you know it, 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 it. It's partly my fault. It's you know. Last thing. Hey, we got to get out of here. We got uh, we got to get this. This has been a long show tonight already. But I do want to ask you because we don't talk to a lot of folks from this racetrack. Talk to me about racing under the Little Barons uh, quickly and kind of how things have progressed and changed there at Crystal. Obviously, you've been supporting that place for a while, and you're trying to wrap up a track championship there. Just uh, give give me a little overview on how things have gone so far this season. Um, really well, really really well. Uh, we talked to to Brian at length at the banquet and it, it sounded pretty good. This was back in January, you know, it sounded pretty good. Okay. We'll see if he delivers. And sure enough, um, Brian and Jacob, and I think Steve is the, the other partial yep. owner. Yep. Um, they've all been very good to, to all of us. I feel if, if you have suggestions or concerns, you can take it up with any of them and they really truly listen. And if there's something they can do, they've done something. Um, They've poured a lot of time, a lot of effort into the place, a lot of money. Um, the racing, I feel, is better than it ever has been. The, the, the track is a better surface. There's less tire wear. Um, we're, we really haven't had a one-lane track since, since they figured it out. Nice. Um, you know, like the third night or so. Um, it's, been, it's been really good, really good. Even Saturday, I told this to, to Brian um saturday we got there and the track was kind of scary dry i was really really concerned i thought it was going to be a one-lane rubber down choo-choo train and they kept at the water all night long and somehow they managed to save that track to where it was good in the future it was you couldn't ask for a much better racetrack it was slick in spots it was tacky in spots i had a couple little holes that didn't like i'm gonna break a car going through them but if you hit them wrong, it's going to mess you up. And it just makes, it gives the track some character. It makes it tricky to run certain lanes. And, yeah, it was just a fantastic racetrack in, in the future, for sure. Well, Derek, uh, I want to say thank you uh, for making time to join us tonight. Five wins on the season. And as you said, uh, you believe that that matches uh, your best for a year. And so, uh, like you said, you've got, what is it, a total of six points nights between both tracks um, to uh, get things wrapped up, which just blows my mind. Tomorrow is tomorrow is August, <laughs> and so goes the push. Yeah. So goes the push uh, toward the end of the season. But uh, good luck with everything, man. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get a chance to call you up sometime in December or, or something as a uh, as a two. What what would that be? A, a multi track champion at the end of the season um that'll be pretty cool man so good luck with that yeah. uh, you got that sounds good to me <laughs> you got what do you got you got four five six you got a total of seven points between two racetracks to try to figure out between now and then all right 
Yeah, so I'll do my best. <laughs> easy, easy peasy. Yeah, easy. no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Derek. Hey, thank you so much, man. Good luck the rest of the year. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, Rich, let's take a look at this upcoming calendar, and it is a big one. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you want to start. This is maybe one of the most jam-packed weekends of racing, if not in the state, in our region for sure. Um Man, uh, let's start. Corrigan Oil Speedway, 13th running of the Wild Child, 75 laps, $1,500 to win for the Modifieds, plus late model street stocks and front-wheel drives. That'll be Friday, gates at 5, racing at 7 o'clock. Also Friday, I'll be in action uh, behind the microphone at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Really, I'm not going to be the one in action. It's going to be three divisions of open-wheel racing, Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints will all be at Tri-City Motor Speedway for this big open-wheel night. Uh, so if you are like, eh, late models, fendered cars, meh, wood tick, not my thing, we'll see you in Auburn uh, at Tri-City on Friday night where I'm sure they will pack the place as well. And then, Rich, you are missing out on a busy weekend at your home places. Um, I'm sure Gary is real excited to learn that he's going to be on his own this weekend. I wish I had a camera to take a look to, of the picture of his face. <laughs> when I said, I'm not going to, I'm going to be at Woodtick on Friday and Saturday. And he, <laughs> it was like deer in the headlights. But uh, Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway both in action as they flip nights uh, this weekend. Flat Rock will have a Friday night special. Friday night, Friday night. Now, don't show up on Saturday expecting to race at Flat Rock. Friday at Flat Rock. Friday at Friday Flat Rock. Friday at Flat Rock, yeah. yes. 12 and under, kids are free. Uh, Outlaw Super Late Model, so we'll have, that means next week we have to update the Outlaw Super Late Model power rankings. They'll be in action. Street Stocks and a 50-lap figure eight feature. Racing kicks off at 7.30 on Friday night at Flat Rock. And then Saturday, the Hemelgard Super Fitness Uzak Silver Crown Series. 100 laps for the USAC Silver Crown Series. Late Model Sportsman Factory Stocks also in action. First green flag falls at Toledo on Saturday at 7 p.m., Zach. Yeah, what a big weekend. Um, and then, like we just, I mean, we've been beating this horse to death, but it's huge. Uh, Woodtick weekend, Merritt Speedway, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's racing happening, um, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, what night you want to go. You're going to see a good show, whether it's Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So that one's pretty well covered. Want to look ahead just a little bit, Rich, uh, because I misspoke. I did say with David McManus that the hot shoe is coming up. I said, technically said this week. It's two weeks. Um, it's the 11th through the 12th. Um, so that's going to be uh, Friday and Saturday of next week that uh, we'll see the hot shoe 100 um, for the Owasso Speedway. And, and by the way, 50 cars pre-entered for the hot shoe 100 as of right now and we forgot to mention one thing that we that we didn't even mention talking to leah or in, a, in our discussion uh this week at Woodtick, it also triples as an all-star performance late model challenge series oh. events as well okay so th there is a lot going on late model challenge series points uh sixth annual dance lemoro and the Woodtick all bundled into one B B I G with a capital B. Zach. <laughs> yeah, that is right. That is right. Um, I, is there anything else? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Did we miss anything? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Um, you're going to miss something this weekend, that's for sure. So keep an eye on the horsepower happening social media. Don't miss next Monday's podcast. We'll uh, we'll definitely talk with the Woodtick winner. 
Um, Rich will make sure that that happens. We'll have interviews and, and all sorts of social media content this weekend as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a great weekend of racing. Uh, I do want to mention, by the way, because we have some in our area that are planning on going, Late Model Sportsman, Madison County 200, paying $5,000 to win at Anderson Speedway on Saturday. That's where I will be, uh, which is why I'm not going to Woodtick. So 5K for late model sportsmen at Anderson Speedway, 200 laps celebrating 200 years of uh, Madison County. So pretty cool. That $5,000 for a late model sportsman. Pretty good. 200 laps. 200 laps. Wow. Yep. If I was still a pavement guy, I would go. I know. <laughs> so there you but go. I gotta, but I got to put my dirt racing shoes on this week. Yeah, we all got to pay the bills, right? And you and I, for some reason, are on opposite surfaces of what we normally do. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. For Scott Menlin, who does pay the bills, uh, Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Kaiser. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, we'll talk to you again, same time, same place, next week on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.